Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuyper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection with ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you have a comment or a question, always feel free to call into the show. The number is 425-373-5527. You're also welcome to go to KuyperCounseling.com. There you can check out Greg's YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. You can contact him and learn more about his practice overall. In the meantime, the man of the hour himself, Greg Kuyper. <laughs> well, hello, Stacey. Hello. I promise not to slap you today. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, huh. yeah. Uh, yeah, for context, anybody that watched oh, yeah. the Academy Awards, the Oscars, last night, you may have seen a moment where Chris Rock uh, poked fun at Jada um, Pinkett Smith's uh, hair, which looks fierce. However, it is uh, the short hair is from a, uh, a autoimmune issue that she's got going on. Um, and Will Smith did not take kindly. And it made no. me think of you, Greg. It oh, made yeah. <laughs> me think, this is that moment you're supposed to pause. Right. For those of you that missed it, he, as in uh, Will Smith, walked right up on stage in the middle of the show and slapped a very unsuspecting Chris Rock, who everybody was stunned into silence. He then walked back to his seat and twice yelled at Chris Rock about do not say my wife's name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it well, was a lot, and I like I said, I thought of you. I'm like, this is that moment Greg is talking about. <laughs> well, that response flexibility moment, right? But I mean, he had a big moment there. He could have changed, but he could have changed what he was doing. But he went all the way for it. Spent yeah. the time to get up, walk across the stage, actually do it. I mean, right? There was a lot of time that he could have. Yeah, not such a good idea. Maybe I'll just sit back down. But who knows, right? I mean. <laughs> Right. Was he defending his wife's honor? Was he actually so upset? Who knows? I mean, well, and this is these are the things you talk about. Like I, you know, the illusions that he had. What was the narrative? Like what <laughs> yeah. was the trigger? And there's, you know, there's so much more to the story. And obviously, uh, it's never okay to poke fun at somebody's appearance. Uh, right. Although I would, I would maybe argue that it was a complicit because uh, the movie that he referred to. Uh, in connection with her look, was G.I. Jane, a movie where it, it is a fierce, strong woman. Right. Um, <laughs> but still, a complicit is still. Well, comedians push that edge, right? Yes, they, they always do. do. They always do. 100%. Yeah. Well. So, yeah, today. We're not going to spend the time talking about that today. Though. Oh, my gosh, but I love, <laughs> I just love celebrity gossip. I was flabbergasting, wasn't it? It kind of was. It really was. It really yeah. was. And it's worth noting, like, there's a live, in-person example of, Somebody being triggered in a front of millions, <laughs> right? And it overshadows the uh, the ultimate moment when he wins his first right. Academy Award for Best Actor. Right. So, so, well, back to illusions, right? That's where we've been. Yes, kind of the illusion he was under, but you know, we've been talking about these illusions and and, and just kind of a brief, I guess, recap, if you will. We the, 
they exist as part of our autopilot functioning, right? That's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. And, and, and by definition, they're not real, which makes them false, mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. And if we're operating every day unconsciously from a place of falsehood, then we are not able to connect with the truth and our true selves. This makes it extremely difficult to function authentically, right, with ourselves or with others. And, and without awareness, these illusions are in control of our lives, right? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a fascinating thing, and uh, the review is right. helpful. I mean, everybody needs to remember, like, what's going on here. Right, and the illusions consist of these defensive reactions we have constructed over time. And, and we've constructed these to counter the threats to our sensitivities. And the defensive reactions then develop into patterns of behavior. They become habit over and over and over. So they're part of the autopilot. We're not thinking about them. They're just in control and operating daily. The pathways that you talk about. Right, right. So I mentioned last week that as a child, our sphere of influence expands over time. And, and so can these threats to our sensitivities. What we once was a, a coping skill constructed to counter a more like localized, relationally traumatic mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. can expand into behaviors constructed to oh, defend us from all kinds of threats from situations of people. Sure. I mean, Real it- or imagined, right? Yeah. I would imagine it could be, you know, when you're young, it could be siblings, it could be uh, playmates. Eventually, mm-hmm. it becomes maybe roommates, um, you know, or teachers or uh, coworkers, right. etc. Peers, yep. So, so the illusion allows us to get through our days, maintaining a semblance of being okay. We're we're functioning. It allows us to keep the sensitivities we are protecting out of our conscious realm, out of awareness. However. Because the illusion is not real, it is false. We are bound to be confronted by the truth from time to time, and that truth is going to interrupt this nice little automatic flow of our lives that we've got going on. And, and, and the illusion becomes threatened. And many times this threat will come in the form of, oh, someone we are in a relationship with, right? They, and they're just not buying into the illusion anymore. They have. They're not anymore, you know. We have a a tendency, I think, to offer the benefit of the doubt to most people, a lot of times, especially people we know, mm-hmm. right, and, and have relationships with. You know, you know, that's just the way he is. She's working through some things. She'll come around. Right. Right. Or he had a lot on his plate recently. Or, or she's always been that way. You know, we can, we can rationalize these things, I guess, and, 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 and allow the illusion to continue in the relationship with us. But continuing, continuing to live in the illusion doesn't allow for much, you know, coming around. And without the awareness needed to dissolve it, the illusion, then the others around us become more distant and certainly more impatient and hurt, mm-hmm. right? And it just keeps going, and, and eventually boundaries are set, maybe, Ultimatums are given, mm-hmm. right? Well, and sometimes the things that uh, that are happening, you don't even realize that they're odd until you share 
stories of something and right. people react in such a way that they're like, really? That's that's what you're doing or that's what's going on and um, or that's OK with you. And it gives you pause and you start to uh, consider whether or not you want to put up with that. Right. Right. So 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 what are these illusions? What illusions do we have operating unconsciously? Can we talk about this, really? I mean, for many of us, talking about the illusions is, is not something we do. It's uncomfortable. It's messy. But, but we're not going to make necessary changes without the talk, without looking at it. So let's do it. You know, Oof. yeah, I know. The sources of our illusions are like, are, they're not like, they're, they are emotional wounds. They can be modeling. They can be outside information. And possibly some genetic influencer could be in there. But that's the sources of these illusions. And the damage from emotional wounds creates illusions that are defensively constructed, right? Mm-hmm. Carefully crafted to per, you know, prevent further emotional harm to ourselves. Many seem to be created in the realm of Denial of self-worth. That's Uh the shame thing, right? These are ones like, I'm so stupid. Uh I can't do anything right. I'm such a failure. Yeah, I'll never amount to anything. I'm no good. No one likes me. I can't be loved. I don't belong. I'm useless. I'll never be happy. I hate myself. I'm too fat. I'm too ugly. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'm just saying these. It, it just, I get a weird yeah. vibe. I mean, I my mean, my stomach it, hurts. Well, that's why we don't talk about these things, right? Because, I mean, if you think about it, when, when I was mentioning those, what, what, what came up for you? And just in your body and, and well, what, what? What's interesting is that it's, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm immediately defensive of those people that are thinking that. I'm like, don't feel that way. And yet some of the things that you said are things that I've said to myself. And, you know, and so then that just makes my stomach hurt uh, because I can relate to it. You know, so somebody else saying it about themselves, I'm like, that's terrible. Don't say that. You know, that's an unhealthy dialogue. And yet, you know, I've always um, I've always been um, struggled with my weight. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, the feeling heavy or feeling unattractive. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've gone there. You know, so here I am, like, don't say that about yourself to other people, and yet I don't allow myself the same grace. Right. I mean, as we're talking about these, if you're listening and and and, and you touch, kind of, we touch on one of those. I mean, there's kind of a, a sinking, fearful, mm-hmm. sickening-type feeling, I think. There is for me. Yeah, well, my stomach literally started I mean, to hurt. Yeah, when when I've been reading these things off, shut up, you know, I mean, stop. Mm -hmm. Because they can be that way, and that's why they can be so troublesome and become these illusions is, they are illusions, is that we don't want to talk about them. We we do not want to go there. There are illusions in place so that we don't have to. And so the automatic repetition of this illusion over time, right, over time, years and years and years, unconsciously, whatever it is, 
it gets firmly in there in our unconscious functioning, the old autopilot, right? And then it can become a belief. And, yeah. And, and that, that's when it's really hard. Well, perception's reality, right? Yeah. Emotional wounds can also create a denial of emotional feeling and expression, right? So, so people can go into that, you know, they get to that, they don't look and feel, they don't express emotions, they don't share them, they were told not to, whatever, mm-hmm. but emotions just get in the way. Feelings make you weak. There's the one, right? Mm-hmm. Emotions are uncomfortable. And they don't deal with those. They are an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, there's a lot of folks that um, have that denial of emotional feeling and expression. And that, too, comes from emotional wounding. It's just their illusion and their defensive reaction to that. Hopelessness can come from emotional wounding, right? Mm-hmm. It never turns out right. Always turns out badly. It's too scary to change. I can't feel disappointed. I've tried it, just isn't possible. I'll never be happy. I have no confidence. I can't look like that. I mean, once again, these just, poof, man. I know. I'm like, could you read them faster because it's so depressing? I mean, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's an automatic response to feel uncomfortable. And yet how many of us have said some variation of any one of those things to ourselves? Well, and, and yeah, and, and we are saying them. We can be saying them automatically, unconsciously. Because if we were bringing them into our consciousness like we're doing now, we would be uncomfortable. We might, we might want to move closer to examining them. Bringing them into awareness, right, brings them into consciousness. Mm-hmm. We kind of want to keep them in the unconscious because these are way too comfortable and we just don't speak about them, right? Emotional wounds often create shame. That's what we're talking about. Brene Brown says that shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love, belonging, and connection. Shame is the fear of disconnection. Wow. We're all afraid to talk about shame. But the less we talk about it, the more control it has over us every day. Shame hates being spoken. So we don't. Our illusions, right, especially when they come from emotional wounds, are based in shame. And they, too, don't like to be spoken about. That's what it's spoken about. Uh, They don't like to be spoken. We don't talk about our illusions. We don't want them in awareness because... We don't want to talk about it. Interestingly, overinflation of self-worth can also be a source of creation of illusions, right? I mean, I'm never wrong. Everyone likes me. I don't have time for emotion. Follow me. I'm right. You know, we're basically talking about that kind of narcissistic personality traits. and No, 
Oh, so that would be me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a creation of illusions, right? Those are illusions. You're not always right. But but your illusion is I'm always right. Then there's no pain there. We don't have to deal with the emotional. So so these are, uh, you know, I love Brene Brown's definition of narcissism, the shame-based fear of being ordinary. Did she just see into my very soul? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't see that in you. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> but these illusions, too, are defensively constructed, too, from emotional wounding. We got, we got emotionally wounded. Shame came into play. And in this instance, our illusion, we created grandiose, grandiosity and, uh, you know, uh, a lack of empathy and, you know. Right. It creates great distance between us and like the mere mortals, right? And the wounds, right? Right. We're creating distance from the wounds. It's interesting to me how illusions have that polarity part to it, right? I mean, too little self-worth, too much self-worth. I mean, isn't that, um, I sort of think the definition of ego is either vanity, thinking too much Mm -hmm. of yourself, or conversely, thinking too little of yourself, right? Sure. So that's what what we're talking about here. But either of those are created by emotional wounding generally, right? Something happened. So somewhere in the middle is where we find the place of not needing illusions, right? Got to be a place in there somewhere. I mentioned that our illusions can be created from modeling, too. Mm-hmm. Modeling of caregivers, teachers, whatever, when we're young. It's not unusual for me to work with someone who explains that they've had the perfect childhood. All issues were handled practically and logically, and it was all so smooth. However, emotions were not felt, shared, or expressed, let alone mentioned. So the, the emotions just weren't part of practicality and logical thought. So the illusion of not feeling, expressing, or sharing emotions was, was not created from emotional wounding. It was created from an emotional void. This is my husband. Well, there's a lot of folks out there. Well, Pete, Look, he sorry. doesn't he doesn't listen. No offense. Um, he <laughs> doesn't listen necessarily, and that is very convenient because we work through a lot <laughs> unbeknownst to him. He okay. just benefits. <laughs> Don't tell him. I'm not telling them. <laughs> <laughs> I also said that, that illusions can be created from outside information. And I should have said information and misinformation probably mm. in this day and age. We are quite literally under attack by both in our day-to-day living every day. Unless we're isolated completely somewhere. The combination of the two and the discrepancies between the two can create emotional stress that we can easily construct as a defensive illusion around it, right? I mean, we don't, yeah. Sure. And if if we're going to deal with our illusions and come to the truth, then we've got to bring them into awareness and talk about them. That's what Brene Brown was saying. We don't want to talk about this stuff. No. <laughs> because it's creepy feeling. 
But if we don't, these illusions, the shame, are going to remain in control of our lives. It's pretty simple. They thrive in secrecy, silence, and judgment. And they just exist there automatically, cruising right along in our day-to-day lives. They fester. Yeah. We're here to discover and nurture emotional connection, right? It is what gives us purpose and meaning in our lives. Shame and illusion are the fear of disconnection. So next week we're going to talk some more about this. We're going to talk about the antidote to shame and the illusions we share and create. And, and eventually, I, you know, we've got to get to what happened. What are the wounds that caused these illusions to be built? Right. Mm-hmm. No one really ever wants to go there, but we—it's not enough to to get into psychotherapy or 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 experiment and learn about illusions and shame. It's not enough to go. Oh yes, I have an illusion. It is. Um, uh, I don't have confidence. I'm just. I don't. I'm not. I'm just not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's your illusion, you admit it. But from that standpoint, it's difficult to move forward and bring that into awareness and change it with compassion and love because that's what's needed here is compassion, finding our true self and bringing that into, into the discussion. And if we, if we can't do that, we can't do that, is what I'm saying, without finding out what in the world happened, right? I mean, we don't have to drag it up and bring, drag it around and, 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 and announce it and share right. it with everybody, but we need to look at what happened because it happened then. Well, it's not happening now, hopefully. Right. Well, and kidding aside, the, it's so important that you brought up that, you know, the case of if you grew up and you had basically a perfect childhood, maybe there's, you know, there isn't any divorce. There isn't any financial uh, upset. There's, you know, everything is good. And, you know, as I not so jokingly say, it's it reminds me of my husband who had, you know, great family life. Everything was good. And in addition to that, they didn't talk about the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always glossed over. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. You'll be fine. I love you. Did I mention that I love you? And, you know, and as if that's enough. And I'm not sure if that came from a pull yourself up by your bootstraps uh, kind of a mentality or if it was just my mother-in-law who is a 30-plus year veteran of teaching kindergarten. So Mm. it's that positive, like, it's going to be great, Um, you know, mind over matter However, what's going on in your mind does matter because as a result, my darling husband, whom I love very much, he does not go there. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have those thoughts. And actually, our son was home for break this past week, and we were talking a bit about this and that, you know, 
it's created then a disconnect in how he's able to talk with each of the kids and what they can talk about and topics of real depth. You know, there's a condition called alexithemia, okay? And um, uh, there's various criteria for what it is, but but the major thing is you just don't have words for emotion. Mm -hmm. You, You don't have them because they don't exist within you. You've never gained them. And, you know, I have a client like that right now that I'm just, he's doing his best to understand his wife. And she's screaming, just crying for emotional connection. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's just trying so hard, but it's, he, he doesn't have that, that love language of being able to share emotions because he has no words for those emotions and, and and so we've got a we've got a lot of work to do, and we are, you know, it's it's a slow process. But but if we don't have those the words for emotions built into us, and being able to actually just use them to describe something we're feeling, right? It it yeah. Well, we don't know how to cope, respond, let alone explore. Right. Right. I mean, perfect example. And I know we're running out of time here. Um, however, Pete left his job. Somebody gave him a gift and was really emotional in the giving of the gift in the presentation and was brought to tears about the impact that Pete has had on their time together. And, you know, Pete was flustered by the whole thing and turned to his colleague and said, I don't really know what to do with that. I don't even think I cried at my grandparents' memorial service. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, uh, right. Well, there's a lot of people out here like this. Right. There just is. And it, there's, you're not defective. <laughs> it's no. just you didn't get the chance and you can still do this. Right. And that's what we want to do here. We want to continue this, come to the bottom of the illusions, find out what they are, find out what the wounds are, and allow the truth to come in so that these illusions can go away and we can connect with ourselves with other people. There you go. Ended perfectly, didn't it? It did. Uh, a reminder, you can go to KuiperCounseling.com to learn more about Greg. There you'll find his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper. Always feel free to contact him with questions. Greg? Everyone stay aware out there. See you next week.